Well, praise the Lord. We've come tonight. We've offered the evening sacrifice. Thank you for attending the house of the Lord on a Sunday evening. Please turn in your Bibles to the 149th Psalm. Psalm 149, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and praise His praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker, let the children of Zion be joyful in their king, let them praise His name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. You know, the Lord loves the sound of praise, the sound of singing, praise in the assembly of saints. We gather And he is among us, in this place, taking it all in. The Bible says he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. The Lord is well pleased when people attend the house of the Lord, gather together to praise and worship their maker, their creator, their savior their Lord. Psalm 149 speaks of a manner of praise, words like rejoicing and joyful. We understand the power of praise and we understand the importance of putting praise on. Yes, when a spirit of heaviness comes, and yet, this putting on at all times. We read the words in Scripture, words like praise awaits you, Lord God, in Zion. It's there already bursting forth for the Lord, and though He's already here, it's as if He comes and expectancy and anticipation meet with God. Let's start at the beginning. Praise the Lord. He is so worthy to be praised. He is worthy of our praise in light of who He is, in light of what He has done. Look what the Lord has done. Concerning your own life and your own world, your own soul, your family, your loved ones, We read words like these, Psalm 148, praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heaven, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and the peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven, and he has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, of people near to him. Praise the Lord. Did he not command and create us? Did he not breathe life into us? Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And what words are these that we've taken in tonight? He has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints. The Amplified Bible reads, he has lifted up a horn for his people giving them power, prosperity, dignity, and preeminence. A song of praise for all his godly ones, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who we are. And who are we that the Lord should bestow to us such an honor. This honor have all the saints. Do we view it as an honor that we might praise the Lord? You know, it's strange more people don't praise Him. And it's strange people don't praise Him more. Praise relegated to a specific time of the week should one hold to the biblical standard of not forsaking the assembly? Praise relegated to a specific topography. Praise subject to the landscape of feelings, the ebb and flow. Exodus 15, verses 11 to 13. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. He is worthy of praise. There is no doubt. Are people ignorant concerning praise? Have they no revelation? 
Psalm 147, verse 1, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Verses 10 and 11, He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, in those who hope in His mercy. Does the Bible not say, you who fear the Lord, praise Him? Imagine how it blesses his heart when a saint declares, Psalm 146, 1 and 2, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. He's so worthy. And I pray that we would truly count it an honor to be able to praise our Lord. You know, certain garments are made for certain things, for certain activities, certain purposes of use and usefulness, that one might function correctly and move in right manner. Think about it. If I'm in the blocks on the running track and I've got a suit on, or in the lane at the pool, we buy clothing for certain purposes. We receive clothing for certain purposes. We put on clothing for certain purposes. And isn't it true? We put them on. Listen, I don't know about you, but none of my clothing has ever put itself on me. What if we were given a certain garment but refused to wear it? Refused to wear it for the purpose for which it was created. Surely the problem would not be with the garment. The problem would be with us. Isaiah 61.3, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So is this garment's only purpose then for dealing with the spirit of heaviness? No. But I'll tell you concerning heaviness, it works. Heaviness, feeble, dim, of a burning wick, dull, faint. You know, I've found the garment of praise to do exactly what the Bible says it does. Isaiah 61.3 in the Amplified, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion to give them an ornament, a garland, or diadem. Listen to these words. Of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise, instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. I see a great connection here. The heart of the Lord is that we be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent. As we read, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, that we may be the very 
planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Apparently, for this to happen, he has to give us a garment. The garment expressive of praise. Instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. The New Century Version reads, clothes of praise. I wonder, is he there trying to make an exchange with us, knowing the clothes we need rather than what we have on now? You know, clothes of praise need to be put on every day. I'm so thankful you showed up tonight wearing them. You know, how many church services are attended by those who forgot to dress properly for the outing, for the occasion? I've been in my fair share. Thankfully not in this house. Showed up with the wrong clothes on. You know, if you can receive this, straight jackets don't belong in the presence of the Lord. A quick note, choose praise over pride. Choose praise over fear of man, this straight jacket. He's worthy. And may I ask a serious question? Is our praise dependent on circumstances? Ask yourself tonight, examine yourself tonight, ask the Lord tonight. Has that been the pattern? My praise dependent upon circumstances, situations of life? what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing? Or am I consistent? No matter what comes, no matter the topography, I share these words when the children of Israel were going through testing. Were they really supposed to express gratitude and thanksgiving in the midst of it? When they were surrounded and in a hopeless situation, did God really expect them to have that kind of reaction? Yes, absolutely. That was the secret to getting out of their difficulty. You see, God wants something from all of us in our times of overwhelming troubles and testings. He wants us to offer Him a sacrifice of thanksgiving in the midst of it all. I believe James had discovered this secret when he admonished, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. James 1-2. He was saying, don't give up. Make an altar in your heart and offer up joyous thanksgiving in the midst of your trials. Of course, the children 
of Israel did offer the Lord praise and thanksgiving, but they did it on the wrong side of the Red Sea. Yes, the people rejoiced all night, but God had no pleasure in it. Anybody can shout in gratitude after the victory comes. But the question God was putting to Israel was, will you praise me before I send help while you're still in the midst of the battle? I believe if Israel had rejoined, rather rejoiced on the trial side of the Red Sea, they wouldn't have had to be tested again at the waters of Marah. Had they passed the Red Sea test, the waters of Marah wouldn't have tasted bitter but sweet. And Israel would have seen water springing up everywhere in the desert rather than having to go thirsty. God help us to sing the right song on the testing side of trials. This brings the highest delight to our Heavenly Father. Are you right now going through a most difficult time? Then sing. Praise, say to the Lord, you can do it. You delivered me before. You can deliver me now. I rest in joy. Listen, that's good counsel. Now let's talk for a moment of those times when a spirit of heaviness seeks to overtake us. We've all been there. And so I ask tonight, are we quick to reach for the garment of praise, quick to put it on? Or do we let the spirit of heaviness have its way with us, and for how long? How long until we put praise on? I'd suggest we remain clothed in the garments of praise. One of my favorite psalms, Psalm 63, 1-7, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. Church, apparently the psalmist had praise pajamas. He laid his head down at night and he praised the Lord in the night watches. Psalm 34, 1 to 3, I will bless the Lord at all times. Is that your declaration? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 9, 1 and 2, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. 
I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You say, how often should I praise him? Well, Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you. Seven just happens to be the number of fullness, completeness, and perfection. You can multiply that, you know. Fourteen times a day I praise you. Are we continually pouring out praise? Lifting up our Lord. There's something different about people that are clothed in praise. Listen, it doesn't mean that life is all lilies and roses. But through it all, they are taking in the beauty and breathing in the scent of the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. Song of Solomon 2.1, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. There's beauty in the valleys. And we know that he is God of the mountains. Now, I know in some cases I might be preaching to the choir here. I mean... You show up on Sunday nights and you've praised the Lord. You showed up clothed right. However, even the choir needs exhorting at times. You know, the sopranos and the altos and the tenors and the basses. How do we praise the Lord? We know the right living, a life of holiness fits the bill. But specifically, how do we praise? The answer should be as the Bible instructs. Nine praise expressions are found in the text. Three with the mouth, three with the hands, and three with the feet. All nine bless the Lord. All nine give glory to the Lord and honor to the Lord, and all nine are mighty as weapons of praise. To accomplish exactly what we read, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. Do we understand what's going on? as we praise the Lord. Nine expressions. Many of you know these, but let's just go over a few of them tonight. All of them tonight. A few scriptures tonight. Three with the mouth, singing, speaking, shouting. Three with the hands, lifting hands, playing instruments. Clapping hands. Three with the feet, standing, sitting, dancing, bowing, and kneeling. We simply don't have time to tackle all the references to these. But here's a sampling. Singing. Psalm 47, 6 and 7. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. That's what we're doing when we come in, when we gather in our own times, outside the confines of these four walls, sing praises. You say, I don't sing. 
I've said it before, your steering wheel testifies against you. Your shower head testifies against you. You sing. Bless the Lord. Pour out your praise and your worship. Reading from the voice, sing, shout, play instruments. Praise our God and King. Sing praises to him who is worthy. For he is the king of all the earth. Sing praise all who can. Put words to music and then sing praises. What an honor to be able to sing unto the Lord. To sing for the Lord. Perhaps we take it for granted because we can sing. Speaking. Psalm 145, verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Shouting. Psalm 132, verse 9, let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. Lifting hands. Psalm 132, 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Man, I take it at face value. Not like, what does it really mean? Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Hmm. I'm not quite sure. Perhaps it means something different for you than it does for me. No, I just read it like a child should be able to read it. And not complicate it. And not let me get in the way. Listen, do you know how serious the struggle is against pride and the fear of man? You say, fear of man, only the youth deal with that. Or the children, they're looking around, what are my friends going to (laughs) think? Adults are crippled by it. Audience of one. Playing instruments, Psalm 150, 3 to 5, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the lute and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and flutes, praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with clashing cymbals. You say, I don't play an instrument. Well, thank the Lord that he built one right into you. We can use our hands to clap, keep time, this percussive instrument. We can have the worship team come. Clapping hands, why do we do it? The Bible says, Psalm 47, 1, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Standing and sitting. Psalm 135, verse 2, You who stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of our God. And he's saying, well, I'm so glad sitting is included. Well, Acts 2, 2. If you're sitting in this posture, in this manner, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know, they were sitting, praying, and worshiping God. Part of the reason we stand in the house of the Lord is we stand at attention. The King is among us. We're here worshiping a living God. Not a chiseled piece of stone.
dancing. Psalm 149, verse 3, let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. We know the great account in Scripture, 2 Samuel 6, 14, then David danced before the Lord, I love it, with all his might. Bowing and kneeling, Psalm 95, 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. You know, we often read of more than one expression flowing at the same time. I know I've preached to the choir tonight, but I want to encourage us to continue to praise the Lord. To praise the Lord more than we do now. To lift Him up. To exalt His name. To praise Him for who He is. To praise Him for what He's done to praise Him at all times. No matter the situation or the circumstance, no matter the topography, what we're facing in life, no matter the struggle, no matter the test, no matter the blessing. In the valley, on the mountaintop, anywhere in between, the Lord is worthy to be praised. When I find myself in the midst of struggle, He has not changed. His worth is not diminished. He's the same God. Perhaps I'm being processed. Perhaps I'm being tested. Will I praise Him on this side? It's easy to praise the Lord when there's victory. But my help blesses His heart when we praise Him in the midst of struggle. I want to encourage us to praise the Lord. This honor of the saints. And if we understand that these expressions of worship are also powerful weapons of war, That when we come in here and we begin to sing the praises of the Lord, we begin to shout. We utter His praises. We speak His praises. We begin to clap against the enemy. There's prophetic song released in the house of the Lord. We honor the Lord. We magnify the Lord. We begin to dance because we're so filled with joy and then... You know, he puts it upon us. It's time to dance upon injustice. And we remember scriptures like the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath, underneath your feet. And so we go to war. I find it strange people don't praise him more. <laughs> if we understood the power of praise. Let's just praise the Lord, not according to our own choosing or standard. Like, how about we just praise Him according to the Bible standard? You say, Lord, I want to look into your word. What does it say? It says that it's fitting for us to praise you with song. So, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm going to sing. 
These are the ways you desire to be praised. Lord, I'm going to apply these to my life. Perhaps we're here and we're released in some of these expressions of praise and worship, but others we've never been released in for whatever reason. It so blesses the Lord, and it will bless you. On every side, let's sing the right song. Charles Spurgeon said these words, Doth not all nature around me praise God? If I were silent, I should be an exception to the universe. Doth not the thunder praise him as it rolls like drums in the march of the God of armies? Doth not the mountains praise him when the woods upon their summits wave in adoration? Doth not the lightning write his name in letters of fire? Hath not the whole earth a voice? And shall I? Can I? Silent be. Let's stand tonight. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord.